0: Welcome to the Nerd Nostalgic Podcast with your host, the Ginger Bo- Howdy beans and welcome back to another exciting episode of the Nerd Sagit Podcast with me, your host Luke, as per usual. I'm hoping you're all well, as per usual. Today we're going to have a really um, fun and interesting episode because today, oh well, not today, yesterday, um, well, depends on when you listen to this technically, um, I finally got round to watching the new Batman movie, Robin Patterson. I know it's taken me a very, very long time and I do apologise for that. I'm not a true Batman fan, I know it's all right you send me all the hate that you want it's okay i can take it i'm a big boy now um before we get into that just want to say um follow me on twitter for all updates and anything, so you know all the things that i'm doing or things i'm watching or things i'm reading all that jazz um it's Nerd underscore pod on twitter follow me there if you're listening on youtube don't forget to give me a like subscribe comment and you know all that jazz really it really helps out a bunch so yeah into it so as I said, I'm going to be talking about the Batman movie, Robert Pattinson. Um, but before that, I want to do a bit of a story time. Um, first part's not that interesting, really. Well, it, it might be. Um, the second part is, is quite a bit more interesting, a bit more in-depth that I wanted to mention before we get into the actual review. So to start us off, um, I wanted to say, well, I wanted to give you the reason as to why I haven't seen this film up until quite recently, mainly because I've been busy. <laughs> I, as you as you know, when um, I did my yearly wrap-up episode and when I did my one-year anniversary episode, and I went through all the things I had planned. I had planned to buy the DVD. Of the Batman. I wanted to get it on Blu-ray. Never got around to it. Because the whole idea was that I was going to do a Batman month. And so I was going to do the first ever Batman sort of movie. um, Which was the Tim Burton. Michael Keaton. And I was going to go from Michael Keaton. All the way up. um, To sort of modern day Batman. And kind of rate all the Batmans to see how. Who's the better Bruce Wayne. Who's the better Batman. You know who's more gadgety. Who's more um, sort of. What's the word I'm looking for? Um, more physical, you know, because like you'd say like Ben Affleck is a good Bruce Wayne. You know, and I would say that um, Michael uh, Michael Keaton is a good Batman. You know what I mean? So I was going to do something like that, but I never really got around to it. Maybe, you know, in season two, we can get around to doing that and I can kind of bring in my thoughts and feelings on this movie and we can still do it. But that was my original plan. But obviously, I took a big break during the summer. Then when I came back, it was like E3 and all that. And loads of different gaming news and video games and other sort of films came out. So i never got around to it, sadly. But I figured starting off season two, I'm going to put things right. And I'm finally going to get around to watching the Batman. So here I am. So the second part of story time is I want to talk about this thing that was floating around when this movie was 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 announced and when they were making it and when they announced who was going to play batman um i want to mention well i want to talk about the twilight boy um situation um for anybody who doesn't know where that's from that's from john campier of the john campier show on YouTube, check him out. He's he's fantastic. He he talks about movies and all the whole team there absolutely amazing. I love it. Um, but he started talking about this whole thing called the Twilight boy because the the reason where that comes from is the fact of as we know Robert Patterson he did the Twilight movies and that is all he's really known for. Same with Daniel Radcliffe. You know, ha- Daniel Radcliffe is the Harry Potter boy. I know it, it doesn't work as well, but he's known for harry potter so what daniel radcliffe did is that after harry potter ended he went off and reinvented himself you know he did swiss army man where he basically played a corpse that all it did was fart he didn't really do anything he just played a corpse right fantastic movie really great indie movie highly recommend that people go out and watch it um but it was one of them things that he just wanted to do something that wasn't Harry Potter. And it was. And then he went on and he did a movie. I can't remember what it was called. It was a fantastic film. Um, but Daniel Radcliffe went off and he did a movie where he played a undercover cop um, in a white supremacist sort of um, gang, really. And that was really hard to watch because I grew up watching him in Harry Potter. And some of the, the themes and some sort of things that he has to do um, is really sort of out, out of Comfortability, but again, that's kind of the point. He went, I don't want to be Harry Potter. I don't want to be known as Harry Potter. And he, he's gone on and done a lot of great roles. Um, I think the last city, the last movie I saw him in was called the Last City of, um, something I think called the Lost City or something like that with um, Sandra Bullock and Channing Tatum. Fantastic movie, really, really funny. He plays the villain and it really does it really, really well. And now he's playing weird Al, weird Al Yankovic. You know what I mean? So he's reinvented himself. You know, so he's still known as Harry Potter boy, but you know he does other things as well. And I think that's what Robert Patterson wanted to do because, you know, he was in Harry Potter as Cedric Diggory. Spoilers, he dies. And then not long after that, he got picked up to do Edward Cullen in Twilight. And obviously we all know how big the Twilight movies were and how basically how much they became a bit of a joke, really, in cinema As they went on. Even though I'll be honest. I quite like the Twilight movies. I've never read the books. But I quite like the films. You know I will admit. They got a bit sort of cheesy. As they went on. But again so did the books. According to my sister. So you know. Who could say. Did the movies get cheesier. Or did they just follow. What the cheese that was already there. You know what I mean. Um, But I don't understand. This whole sort of what people was talking about, the whole Twilight Boy. Like, yes, that's what he was known for, but he's done a lot since. But the problem, I think the issue is, and it is a bit of a problem as well, that the reason people still think of him as the Twilight Boy, because a lot of the things that he did after Twilight were not big blockbuster movies. They were very small indie movies. He's like, you wouldn't know about them unless you was a movie fan. You know, for example, a few highlights, right? So he did The Good Time, which is a really, really fantastic movie. Um, He and his brother, uh, his brother's disabled. And that he and his brother basically, I think if they remember, they rob a bank. And it's kind of like a, it's it's like a life piece. It's like it's like a slice of life sort of piece of like, we only meet these characters at this one point in time. And as the story progresses, we realize where it's all gone downhill. Why Robert Patterson is looking after his disabled brother. Why he ropes his brother into do, doing these crimes and why he's... Um, having to do these crimes in the first place you know it's, it's a very interesting fantastic movie and Robert Patterson does a fantastic job literally he, he disappears into the role where you just forget that he's Robert Patterson, that he is this character it's a fantastic movie again it's an indie title not many people would have heard of it but I highly recommend going out and watching Good Times it's a fantastic film he did another movie that I really really liked um, called The um, Lost City of Z I've read the book of this by David Graham or Graham I can't, I can't remember how you pronounce his last name. Um, but the premise of the book and the movie is kind of based off a true... Well, it is based off a true story, really. But some of it is a bit more you know, cinematic fluff, uh, mainly because filling the gaps the parts that we don't know. Um, but basically, the book follows a guy called Percy Fawcett, who was an English explorer and that he went off into the Amazon multiple times and he used to find loads of tribes. And as he went in to find all these tribes, he'd learned stories about this lost civilization deep in the Amazon. And he went out to go look for it. And basically the book and the film is about um, him going out with his friend and his son to find this city and they never returned. And then some people say they died. Some people say they found it. You know, it's it's all sort of up in the air of what really happened. Um, but he was in this movie and it was only a small role. It wasn't a big role. But again, he you just lost him. Again, he was wearing a beard. So it was kind of hard to tell unless you really like look at his eyes. You couldn't tell it was Robert Pattinson. But again, you lost him in the role. He wasn't there. You know, uh, he did The Lighthouse, which I haven't watched. But I've heard The Lighthouse is an incredible movie. William Defoe. I haven't got around to it yet. I want to watch it now because I've heard how good it is. You know, so that's another movie. Again, not very big. Not It's a black and white movie. and I've, I've said this before about black and white films or films that are not in English. People aren't going to give them the time of day because it seems old or they just don't want to. You know what I mean? So another movie that people haven't watched that's meant to be incredible, that he's meant to be incredible in. Um, I haven't watched the movie Tenant yet, but apparently he was really, really good in um, You know, So he's done a lot to, to kind of prove himself, not just to... Sort of us as as viewers as you know fans, but also to the industry because again the industry was the same thing. If if you got to imagine if you're typecast as the pretty boy, and this and this kind of happened with um Freddie Freddie Prince Jr. I'm a big fan of Freddie Prince, but I've I've listened to a lot of podcast interviews he's done and his own podcast as well. And he spoke about many times the fact that he was typecast as the quote unquote pretty boy and that nobody would allow him to do anything serious or anything action related because, you know, he is quote unquote the pretty boy. And that's it. You can only do pretty boy roles. You can only do the love interest. You can only do the jock. You can only do, you know, what he was doing in most of his movies before he eventually quit Hollywood. Um And eventually, you know, things started to change and Hollywood is different now. But again, he's moved on and he's only quite recently now coming back into doing sort of films again. Um, But again, the same thing happened with Robert Pattinson. He was known as Twilight Boy and from there, he just didn't get a lot of respect. So he went off and he he rebuilt himself. He did these really indie sort of movies. He showed that he could act. He showed that he knew what he was doing. So by the time that tenant came around, you know, the sort of director was like, well, yeah, you know, Robert Patterson, he's a fantastic actor. I've seen him in a lot of amazing things. You know what I mean? Why why not give him a go? And apparently he was really, really good in it. I haven't seen the movie Tenant yet, but I've heard that movie's a mindfuck. Um, pardon my language. Um, but it's true, you know. So he's proven himself to Hollywood. He's proven himself to the fans. He's proved himself to directors that, you know, he is a serious actor. He should be taken seriously. And here he is now playing the Batman. Now, obviously, the reason I bring this up is just to kind of let people know that, you know, I had that same sort of thought when I first heard of um, Robert Pattinson being sort of cast as Batman. I was like, Robert Pattinson? Really? Twilight Boy? I, You know, I had the same thought. And it wasn't until I thought, well, actually, second, all the films I've seen him in, he hasn't, you know, done anything like Twilight in a very long time. It'd be unfair to judge him. So when I probably sat down and thought about it, it made sense. And now I've actually watched the film it makes tons of sense that this guy can act. He knows what he's doing. He's a fantastic actor. Uh, Matt Reeves does a fantastic job with the cinematography, um, with the direction, oh, Andy Circus, you know, everything in this movie is just incredible. Um, so, I'm, I'm, I. You know what? I'm, I'm just going to shut up now, and I'm going to shut up, and I'm just going to get into the review because there's so much to talk about, um, and I'm really, really excited. But I just wanted to bring up the whole Twilight Boy situation because basically, I just wanted to. The reason I brought it up is because I just, I feel like the whole judging people of what they, what their past work. I think we shouldn't do that. Really, I think we shouldn't judge people on their past sort of work. Like if, you know, if they were in Harry Potter, okay, they were a Harry Potter actor, but they're, they're still an actor. You know what I mean? So I feel like we can't judge people on like one or multiple performances in one genre. You know, we don't look at Robert Downey Jr. and go, Iron Man, man. Like, no, you know, he's Robert Downey Jr. Um, granted, if I'm being completely honest, you know, any other, apart from Tropic Thunder, any sort of film that he's done since Iron Man hasn't hasn't been very good. Um, and he's always sort of like, because like, you know, Dr. Doolittle wasn't that good that he did, you know, he, um, Sherlock Holmes is really really good um, but again for some reason they haven't decided they haven't got around to making a third movie yet I don't know why I really like those Sherlock Holmes movies um, and then he did another movie called I think called The Lawyer or The Judge or one of those things again great movie great fantastic sort of um, emotional sort of movie nobody went to go see it nobody knows it exists you know what I mean so um, he always seemed to find himself coming back to Iron Man but you, again Yes, he is Iron Man, but you don't just think of Doug Robert Jr. as just Iron Man. He's done other things as well. And I think like that judgment should be sort of slowly should be washed away, you know. Especially now if when if when you get around to watching this movie, I don't think I'll see him as Twilight Boy anymore. I'll see him as Batman because that is who he is and that's who he is in this movie. He is Batman and he is Bruce Wayne and it's fantastic. Emo Bruce Wayne, emo Batman, but then again, if you know Batman, Batman is an emo. Bamo is a very depressive soul. You know what I mean? So it kind of fits. But um, as I said, I'm going to stop babbling now. I just wanted to sort of mention that uh, for a bit of peace of mind and just to kind of open things up a bit Um, and just make you guys aware that I know he was Twilight Boy, but he's different now. He's better now. Um, So yeah, so uh, let's get into the review, shall we? All right, guys, let's get into it. Well, you know, God, you know, where do you start with, with this movie? It's just a masterpiece. You know, every frame is art. Everything about it is just perfect. You know, three hours of, of pure, hardcore Batman pleasure. You know what I mean? It's a proper nerdgasm movie. You know what I mean? Um, it's, it's just masterful. Um, And I'm going to try my best to kind of break down certain parts of it as possible. Um, One thing I do want to say right off the top is that I won't be talking about the story at all. Um, You're probably thinking, oh, in a second, Luke, why aren't you talking about the story? Simply put, one thing that I realized as I was watching this movie was that I wish I knew nothing. Because obviously, as movies are and as things happen with movies... They release, you know, the, the characters who are going to be playing certain characters. Who's going to be playing the Riddler? He's going to be playing Batman, obviously. Who's going to be Selena Kyle? Who's going to be the Penguin? Who's going to be Andy Circus, and all that jazz. And um, it's it's one of those where it's a fact of, I you know, the the basics of obviously I want to know who Batman is, but like in terms of the villains and all that, I don't want to know who they are, mainly because as I mentioned, one of the things I realised as I was going through this movie is that the way it's shot and the way the story's told is that it's best to not know anything it's like you're learning as Batman learns you know this is a very detective movie this is Batman as a detective this is something we unless you've read the comic books or played the Arkham games this is something that we've never seen before in any Batman movie this is a hardcore detective sort of 80s sort of movie, you know, very much of like, this is the killings, this is the murder, very Zodiac killer, you know, very much like that. If you ever watch the movie Zodiac, of like, this is the killing, this is the, this is the sort of serial killer. Here's each crime scene. We've got a piece together, piece by piece, and figure out how, you know, the murder was done and who the murderer is. Um, And the enjoyment of that sort of narrative is that the less you know, like if you don't know who who the actor is portraying the Riddler, it's even better because that means every single suspect is a suspect. Every single person is a suspect. You know what I mean? Like you, as you are basically put in the same shoes as Batman, you are along for the ride of like everybody that you see like Batman is a potential suspect. You look at everybody, you suspect everybody. You think everybody's up to something, especially there's this one scene where um, it's in the trailer. So it's not really a spoiler. Um, There's this one scene where there's a funeral and um, Bruce Wayne, Robert Patterson, you know, as Bruce Wayne, not as Batman, walks through this procession of people, and he's looking about left and right constantly, like, he's, he's, you can tell he's surveying everybody, he's looking at everybody, he's questioning, are they, uh, what's their motives, you know, who's there for good, who's there for bad, who, who's emotional, who seems suspicious, you know what I mean, and it plays on that, it plays on that sort of those mind games of like you are basically the detective. You've got to figure out who the Riddler is. And I feel like if you know who the actor is playing it, it kind of ruins that tension because then you're looking for Paul Danner, who is the guy that portrays the Riddler in this movie. You're not looking for the average Joe you're no longer looking you're no longer thinking, well, you know, it's it can be anyone but well, no, it's not because none of these people here are Paul Dano. And I think that's the kind of issue. And it's the same with the stories, the fact if you go into this story knowing anything about the story other than it's a Batman story and that's it's detective and the riddlers involved, I feel like it kind of ruins it. Um I was somehow I was very lucky to stay away from any sort of major spoilers obviously i know about the few major spoilers because that big sort of um i won't say what it is but you if you listen to this you probably saw it it was released not long after the movie was released i think matt reeves or somebody leaked um a test footage that was done with a certain character um that they didn't end up using in in, in the film um but even so i still found myself enjoying this movie i'll be honest it's 3 hours long so it it did take me a while to kind of watch i had to watch it in stages um you know i would watch it for a bit take a break go do something come back watch a bit more go away and like for some people they can't do that but for me like it it worked out so much better because i i have such a busy schedule i've got things to do for volunteering and i've got um you know, my own sort of hobbies and my writing, and uh, want, I want to spend time reading, and, and you know, something. so I can't always have so much time sitting down watching a three hour long movie, so I have to watch it in segments. Um, but even so, I still got the full enjoyment of it. Um, but the reason, coming back to the reason why I'm not talking about story, is I feel like the less you know about this story, the better. Um, there's one thing I will tell you this is basically Batman Year Two. Um, so this is a Batman that's been doing the role for two years now. Um, so he's not really a, a young bean. He's a bit more sort of mature being. He kind of knows the layout and who he is and what he's doing. Um, but he's still very green. He's still very new to the sort of the Batman role that he, the persona that he's put on himself. Um, so he, he's, he's very brutal. He's very, very brutal. And I love that. I love a Batman that's brutal. Um, ben Affleck did a really good version of, of, of that Batman that was just brutal. Um, and I love to see it. Um, there's no sort of origin. There's nothing like that. There's no sort of like seeing his parents die because it's the same thing with, with Spider-Man. And I'm kind of the reason why I'm glad they didn't do it in the MCU in those movies is because how many times have we seen you know Uncle Ben die? How many times do we have to see that? You know what I mean? It, it was heartbreaking the first time. You know I don't want to have to watch it again for a third, fourth, fifth time. You know what I mean? And it's the same with, with Batman's parents. How many times have I seen Batman's parents die? you know and i've seen it many times in the comics i've seen it many times in games in in the in tv show and in, in movies i i'm done you know i don't need to see it. i know the story and even if you're not a batman fan you know he's he's his origin story because of how many batman movies we've had you know in the last 10, 10, even 20 years, you know what I mean? Even more, you know, from the 80s with Michael Keaton. Like, we know Batman's story, so we don't need to see that. So this one plonks you in straight in the deep end, really. Of like, this is a Batman, he's two years into the job, um, and there you go, go for it, you know what I mean? Um, And I love it. I love that being thrown in the deep end. Because, again, like I said, I'm a hardcore Batman fan. I know the ins and outs of Batman, you know? So, again, for me... I don't need to know to rehash it. I just want to get into it. And this movie does get into it and it gets into it almost straight away, really. Proper hardcore. Um, he just beats the crap out of some kids because, you know, they were trying to mug somebody. Um, it's fantastic. I know it's weird to say, but you know, if you're a Batman fan, that's what you want. That's what you go there for. And that's what, and Matt Reeves constantly provides that. You know, I mean and even look, like, even if you're a casual fan, you don't need to know Batman's origins. You can go in this and just be like, okay, this is a different Batman but, you know, and enjoy it. Um, so that's why I'm not going to talk about the story is because I don't want to spoil it for anybody. Um, anything that I say in this film, about this film could spoil it, even if it's a non-spoiler sort of thing. It's one of them movies where it's like it's a detective film and it's better to go in knowing nothing. So obviously, even though I know I'm late, this movie came out last year and there's a whole high potentiality whoever's listening to this has already watched it. But if you've already watched the movie and listened to my review then you would probably understand what I'm what I'm saying. If you listen to the review and you haven't watched the movie, then I do sort of implore you um, to go off and watch the film because I won't be talking about any sort of story. And I know that might probably lose me, assume um, listeners, people might shut off at this point. And I understand that if that's what you want to do, that's completely fair. But as I was watching it, it just sort of made sense to me of like, if I talk about anything in this movie it's just going to be spoilers and it's going to ruin the whole detective sort of discovering things out so I just decided not to Um, so I do apologise for anybody who came to hear about the story Um, but like I said, it's it's out now on DVD, it's on streaming Um, if you're living in the UK and you have Now TV it's free, so go give it a watch there, that's where I watched it I watched it on Now TV, so you know, it's available everywhere. Definitely go check it out. It's a fantastic masterpiece movie. And I will say probably one of the best Batman movies I've seen in a very long time. Like I said, I know I keep bringing up Ben Affleck. I like Ben Affleck's Batman, but he wasn't my favourite Batman. I liked him for the brutality, but I didn't really like his Batman. I liked his Bruce Wayne, not really much of his Batman. Um, But that's neither here nor there. That's, you know, a different topic for another day. Um, uh, Next thing I want to mention is that how beautiful this movie is. Like I mentioned, this movie is a masterpiece, and I don't just mean it in the fact of you know the story. This is this movie is art. You know, this is like obviously I know it's a weird comparison if you watch this movie and who I'm going to compare it to, but I'm a big fan of Wes Thomas Anderson. Wes Anderson, um, I love his movies. Um, each one of his film is basically an art exhibition of cinema. You know what I mean and that's how i felt while i was watching this every scene every single like if you could you could watch this movie in frames right and every single frame you could use as a poster for not just for this film but generally just as just decoration every single thing every shot is artistful you know what i mean everything just feels straight out the comics you know, this movie was mostly shot, uh, some of the arc, uh, the Arkham scenes were shot, if I remember correctly, I feel like it was in Scotland. I want to say Scotland. Um, or it was Cardiff. I think it was Scotland. But like it, some of the shots was, were filmed in England. So there's some merging between English sort of architecture and a lot of the New York sort of, you know, Gotham sort of architecture. And I like that. I like that sort of mixed together. Um, but visually, the aesthetics, it, it, it's, it's eye candy. It's a real eye candy movie. It looks at every scene, like moments where you have where you have the because this movie's dark, right? This is but this is a movie and I this is how I watched it. To get myself into the atmosphere, to get myself into mood, I watched this movie in the dark with candles. The candles mainly mostly were just on to kind of give me a bit more ambiance. ambience. Really what well, in all fairness, the candles were already on. I just had to turn the lights off to kind of add to the ambience. Um But like I said, I watched this movie in the dark with candles and it really added to it, especially, you know, in those darker moments where you have sort of the bat, you know, Robert Patterson's Batman, as he appears out of the shadows, it kind of reinforces it a lot more. Because after when I watch movies, I like to imagine myself that I'm in the cinema. You know, I turn the lights off and my only sort of point of light, my only sort of point of directional sort of visual stimulus is the screen in front of me. So I can't get distracted because I am easily distracted um, by a lot of things. So if I can sit in darkness and I can get the as much as the experience as possible, put the sound bar on, you know, get the full sort of cinema experience at home that I can, I will do it. Um, and i really beneficial, you know, so I had the amazing sound, the sound of the music was amazing. The sound effects was top notch, the SFX, you know, all amazing. Um, if it was seemed to be all practical, they only really did sort of the CGI when they really need to, but everything else just looked so practical, like realistic, um, even the moments that were meant to be horrific, whenever you had like the Riddler and you would see his crime scenes and the masterpiece that he would leave behind for Batman to solve. And you see all the different sort of bits of scribbles or writing and um, bits of like blood that had been saying, you know, certain phrases and bits of newspaper clippings and all that. Like everything was just artful. Everything just looked like art. You know what I mean? I just had to sit here and be like, Matt Reeves has made art. Like if this movie, su- like not this movie doesn't, but if this, this movie sucked, right? At least we could all sit there and go, this movie's gorgeous. It is. It's a gorgeous film. Like the costume designs. Oh God, the costume, every costume is so, so amazing. It, like even the folks, The like you don't even look at the thugs. the thugs are there to be beaten up, you know? But they all look good, you know. Each one of them is fantastic. There's this is one sort of character that you only really see at the beginning of this movie, and it is—he's not even a character. He's just a, a, a thug, really. It's Halloween. Um, one of the these this character did not even have a name, but a character basically robs the store, and um, as it robs the store, it turns—it comes out. And It's one of my favorite scenes in this film, among many. And again, this is not story or anything like that, where you have this sort of narration by sort of robert patterson as batman basically explaining the whole idea of vengeance and how sort of people fear him and this character comes out and he's got a mask on which is like a like a, a scream sort of mask but it looks like a, a a gumdrop it looks like a like a like a blob of rain yeah as it's falling for this i go around to explain it really um and it's got, like, a scary face on it, and he's wearing, like, a big puffer jacket. And it just looks fantastic. It looks like, yeah, this is what a thug would look like. You know, this is what, you know, a bad guy in the DC universe would look like in Gotham, specifically. You know what I mean? Everything just looks aesthetically amazing. Even, like, Batman's outfit. Like, I wasn't too sure about Batman's outfit when I saw the sort of uh, release images that they put out of it. But he looks fantastic. The Bat-Cow looks fantastic. Yes, it looks a bit s and You know, a bit of BDSM sort of, you know... Uh, gimpy um, but I'm all here for it you know what I mean like this is his second year he's only been doing it two years you know what I mean like he's he's going to reinvent his costume he's going to reinvent his outfit you know Batman's always learning kind of like Iron Man you know he's always learning you know so anytime his, fa- his suit fails him or that he meets an enemy that frozen at him that he wasn't expecting you'll, you'll be bet that his next um, bit of armor will have something in it which would then be able to counter that so he could never be caught off guard and I don't know what this suit's made out of, if it's like some next level sort of um, Kevlar, but he would just be running down halls and they'd be shooting him. And like, he wouldn't be phased. He would just keep running. You know what I mean? Um, he, literally like he was Bane. Like he was just getting shot to hell, at, you know, down hallways. or so they'd blast him like point blank with like 50, like not 50 cows, but like rifle, rifle ammo and um, pistols, and machine guns. And he's just, he just, just off him. Just, you can see the like, the bullets, each bullet, like, again, this is the special effects is amazing. How each bullet, you can tell each one where it hits. Where it hits him, it just flakes off. It's big sparks, and oh god, this movie's just gorgeous. Three hours of just sort of Batman porn. I love it. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm literally it, it's such a gorgeous movie. That 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 for anything is is my favorite part of it. Yeah, just how beautiful it is, you know. And again, that scene where like he's talking about you know how. Since he came onto the scene, how villains fear him, how just the idea of him, the concept of him, they all, they all fear the dark now, and it's this beautiful scene where where each sort of there's little scenarios of different sort of villains, different thugs doing things in Gotham that obviously they shouldn't be doing. Um, some of them are robbing stores, some of them are mugging people, some of them are spray, spray painting on like banks and stuff like that. And they see the sign in the sky. It's that sign of like the bat's out. Time to, you know, stop what we do and get back and, you know, stop being a pleb. You know what I mean? Um and I love it because each one of them just looks up and there's Matt Reeves is this absolutely incredible thing where as they look up there's a helicopter going by with a spotlight. And each time they look up, the spotlight zones in on them and basically tells them, like, look, you know what I mean? We know where you are. And if we know, he knows where you are. You know what I mean? Um, So go home, stop. And uh, it, it's a beautiful scene where each time that spotlight look comes on them and then moves away, they all seem to turn away and they look at like like a, at an open door that's like a black abyss. You know, there's no lights on or the, an alleyway that's pitch black or anything like that. They just look at like, any moment that they're expecting the Bat to walk out of it and basically beat the crap out of them. You know what I mean? Um, and it's, it's absolutely, it's fantastically well done. And then when the Bat sort of, or, does appear and like it doesn't take long for the Batman to appear and when he does, he wrecks shop. He just beats the shit out of these, out of these guys really. Um, and it's fantastic. You know, it's straight out of the comic books. You know, there's no faffing about, there's no origin story, it's all artistful, it's gorgeous. It's like here's the Batman, here he is, bam, boom, ba, pow, gone. He's at, he's gone into the night. The bad guy's defeated. Some of them are up in the hospital. Batman doesn't use guns, he just puts people to sleep. Like some of these people getting hit. There's no way that some of them are getting up because this is a batman that doesn't hold back his punches like he hasn't gotten to the point where because obviously the batman we see like in the arkham sort of games or the batman we see in um I'd even say Michael Keaton's batman and like even um Christopher Christopher Bale's um sort of batman he ho- he holds back you can like you can tell that you know he could knock somebody out with one punch very easily but he holds back because again you know he does. He wants them alive. You know. He doesn't kill. But he. I'm sure the Batman could probably kill you in one punch if he wanted to. He would know. He knows pressure points and all different fight martial arts and fighting styles. Like if he wanted to knock you out, he could. You know. And if he wanted to kill you, again, very easily. Um. And again, we we kind of see that with Ben Affleck's Batman. Ben Affleck's Batman was a Batman who, you know, had gotten to the point where he was no longer holding his punches. Like if he's going to hit you, he's going to take you down, and that's it. You know what I mean and again Robert Patterson's the same sort of Batman where he is so full of rage he's so full of emotion kind of you can, I can understand now what people people were saying that he's the emo Batman because it does kind of make sense with, if you look at his suit and you look at basically how he acts not just as Batman but as Bruce Wayne um that uh there are many moments where you could tell like he's not holding back like he's going for it like every hit should either be a knockout. Or serious brain damage. Like, there's 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 multiple scenes where he's on top of of guys, and he's just punching them in the face. And I, I'm like, I, how how hard he's hitting them, and how fast he's hitting them. They've they, you know they should have no teeth left, no teeth, no nose, no face. He should have concaved the skull, but obviously he doesn't. But that it's just that fact of, like, you could think, like, he's punching multiple times in the face. There's nothing left of that guy's face. That guy's face is biscotti. His face is bolognese, okay? You know what I mean? It's mincemeat. There's nothing left, you know? It's bone dust mixed in with what left of the brain and the eyes. You know what I mean? It's just mush. Obviously, it doesn't happen. They get up and go, oh, and then they went away. Um, that's why we <laughs> people say, he's not dead. He's just sleeping you know what i mean they were sleep sleep bullets you know what i mean that was a sleep sleep knife whenever like batman it was a skit on youtube where we were like they, they i think patton Oldswald was in it he played the penguin and the batman basically come in killed all these um, henchmen and he threw a, a batarang and there's like that guy's literally bleeding there's a bat uh, there's a batarang in his neck and he's like no he's not he's not dead he's just sleeping <laughs> I don't use guns. <laughs> it's very, it's very campy, very cheesy. I love it. Um, but yeah, you know this this is a fantastic performance um, by Robert Pattinson. Completely, absolutely, completely, just mwah, beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. That um, he's obviously, as you imagine, you know this. There are a few standouts, and obviously, Rat Pattinson is one of them. Um, we can. I don't think we can no longer call him the Twilight Boy. He is Batman now. That that's it, you know, plain and simple. Like I've, after watching this movie, not like the performance is incredible. His performance is impeccable. It's 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 the, this it's flawless. There's nothing about it where I wouldn't say that wasn't good, and there's nothing about it where I wouldn't say it was terrible. Everything was just flawless. It was perfect when he was playing Bruce Wayne, when he was playing Batman. Now, yes, you know, you could say he's a bit moody, a bit emo, but that's Batman. You know what i mean and that's this version of batman this is matt reeve's version of batman he is very brooding he's very sort of emoish he's still a very young sort of batman he's only been doing this for two years he's still learning you know he's learning to again like i said pull back his punches he's learning basically how to be not just batman but how to be bruce wayne and how they're back how they're still converging You know, this is basically this is a Bruce Wayne that hasn't realised that he needs to be both Bruce Wayne and Batman. Because there's places that Bruce Wayne can go where Batman can't, and vice versa, there's places where Batman can go but Bruce Wayne can't. You know, he hasn't learned that, so his personalities are basically one in the same at the moment. So I would assume by the time we get to Batman Two, because there will be one. I know there, I know there have been talks to to make a, a second one. Hopefully, by the time we get to Batman to or whatever they call it, um, he's sort of learned to when he's Bruce, to lighten up a bit, to be the playboy, to be the philanthropist, the billionaire, that word. You know what I mean? Um and then when he's Batman, then he can be sort of the vengeance, he can be the emo, you know, that sort of thing. Um but you know, that's just nitpicking. But even if to nitpick, I'm still not dogging on Robert Patterson's performance. Robert Patterson's performance is impeccable. It's incredible. Um he is now Batman. He's not Twilight, boy. He's Batman. He's Vengeance. You know what I mean, and that's the way he will be now in my mind. Simple, but like he did Twilight, yes. But that's Batman. No, you can't change that in my mind. Um, otherwise, I want to mention is Paul Dano as the Riddler. Um, very Zodiac killer. Very Zodiac killer, and I, I love that. I love, I love sort of the Zodiac. I'm very fascinated in, in that sort of person, or people or obviously we never found out who the zodiac killer was but that whole sort of story fascinates me um i love the movie zodiac um you know i love that they took it in that route where he's very sort of you know serial killer because again that that is the riddler you know we've had the sort of campy sort of jokey jim carrey riddler you know um We've had sort of the, again, jokey, but somewhat serious Riddler um, in the Gotham TV show. This is a more sort of realistic sort of um, Riddler of like if the Riddler was to exist, this is what he would be like. Obviously exaggerated in some parts, but so-so, you know, this is kind of what a person could be led to. If they, had, if they went down certain paths or certain things happened in their life to kind of get to those sort of avenues. Um, I've said for a long time, and I mostly said it very quietly because nobody's listened to me, Paul Dano is an underrated actor. There's not a single movie that this guy hasn't been in where he hasn't been a standout in every single scene he's in. Like, he's... he's Let's I'll give you an example, right? He's in a movie with Tom Hanks and um Cameron Diaz called Night and Day. He's not in it a lot. He plays a character called Simon. Um you mostly see him more, more so at the end, right? But even though you don't get a lot of him, you still remember him because his performance is that well. You know, I don't remember a lot about that movie, but I remember Simon. I remember his name. I haven't seen that movie in years, but I remember his name Simon. And who he is that he's an intelligent bloke who invented a brand new battery that's meant to revolutionize the world. You know what I mean? I haven't seen that movie in a long time. It's not really that great of a film. But I remember Simon because of Paul Dano. You know what I mean? And that's the point I'm trying to sort of convey here is that out of every single film this guy's in, you remember his performance because he is a master. He's an underrated actor. And anytime I watch a movie and he's in it, I stop and I pay attention. Because this guy is creating art. You know what I mean? Um, He is incredible. He really, really is. Like one of my favorite uh, movies he's in. Um, Oh God, what I think it's uh, Prisoners with, uh, I'm trying to remember, Hugh Jackman and Jake Gyllenhaal. Um, That's a fantastic movie as well. Oh, it's so good. Another movie to watch. Um, But Paul Dano's in that film and he doesn't he doesn't have much he doesn't say a lot he doesn't do a lot it's what happens to him in the film i won't spoil it for anybody who hasn't watched it but it's what happens to him in the movie where you're like jesus christ this guy you know the performance it's just like the whole that movie's good again another underrated sort of movie that doesn't get talked about a lot the whole cast is really good in it but paul dano mm, chess kiss you know this guy um Again, when it, when it was announced that he was going to play Riddler, a lot of people joked, Paul Danner, who's that? And I'm like, do you guys not watch cinema? Are you not movie fans? Do you not know how good of an actor this guy is? This guy is incredible. You know what I mean? And it was another one of those where people heard like um, Robert Pattinson was going to be Batman straight away. It's Twilight, boy. You know, nobody gave Robert Pattinson a shadow of a doubt because they only knew him from Twilight. You know what I mean? It's the same with Paul Dano. Nobody gave him, like, people laughed. But those that knew, those that knew what Paul Dano could do was not surprised. And when I watched this movie, I was like, I'm not surprised how good this performance was. He scared me. You know, there's there's a scene right at the beginning when he just appears, and he just stands there. He just stands there. He doesn't do anything. He just stands there, semi-darkness, semi-sort of in the light. You only get an outline of him. But it's terrifying. It's absolutely terrifying. But he does such a fantastic job in this film. You know, uh, there are times where, like, if I didn't know it was Paul Danner, when he's wearing the mask, I wouldn't know who he is. He masks his voice so well. The the, the voice he uses when he's got the Riddler costume on is so different to his actual voice. So when you actually see him as you know his character as as Edward. Um, without sort of the costume when he's, you know, at the end of the movie, um, he has his voice back. And it's like, that. it doesn't seem like you were just that person, that costume, but it was, it was the same person. And his performance, you just get lost in it. Generally, it's the fact of, oh, wow. And again, it's, it's back to what I was saying about the story. It's the fact of I wish I didn't know that Paul Dano was in the role, because that would have been such a treat to kind of get to the end of, of the film and that reveal of, like, it's Paul Dano, I was like, what? Wow. You know, because it would have been more impactful to me as as a fan of cinema and as a fan of Paul Dano. It would have been like, that, this guy's good. And this guy is good. And I feel like he should, I feel and hope now he'll be on more people's radar. I really, really do, because he's just an impec- impeccable actor. He really is. um, And the, the last sort of standout, like... This is a uh, i've only got three here like three people I wanted to mention because they simply blew me away but the cast like everybody in this movie everybody to like to like background actor like't well, even background actors but like the the like the penguins sort of um thugs, all the way up to like you know batman and sort of you know andy circus as sort of um as uh oh god I forgot his name now alfred you know what i mean um Everybody who's in this movie is perfectly cast. Nobody's cast wrong. Everybody does a fantastic job. Um, but I wanted to mention the, these three people. And like the last person I wanted to mention um, is Colin Farrell as the Penguin. Now, if you watch this movie and you don't know that's Colin Farrell, you will not know that's Colin Farrell because it doesn't sound like him. It doesn't look like him. Now, granted that he's put prosthetics on and, you know, but usually even with prosthetics, you can still tell that's who they are. Like with the Grinch, you know, Jim Carrey sat for, I think it was like eight hours in sort of a a special effects chair for him to be turned into the Grinch. But you can still tell by looking at his eyes, looking at his facial expressions that that's Jim Carrey. Right. Even all that under all that makeup, you can still see Jim Carrey because it's still Jim Carrey's mannerisms it's still Jim Carrey's sort of facial expressions and it's you can see it in his eyes you know you that's with me I am really good at looking at somebody's eyes and just telling who they are um but in this movie no matter how many like this movie does give you a chance and it it does like Matt Reeves with the cinematography there are many times where he sort of zooms into the character's eyes and there are many times you get given the chance to look into a character's eyes and I was looking into penguin's eyes and I couldn't see Colin, Colin Farrell at all. If you told me that was Colin Farrell, I would have told you to jump off a bridge because you were lying to me. That's not true. You know what I mean? Like that, He, he the performance is incredible. I can't tell it's Colin Farrell. It doesn't sound like him. Obviously, it doesn't look like him. There's not a single moment where like the act, he never drops the accent. If he's screaming, if he's shouting, if he's, you know, joking around like there's never a moment where he loses the accent I'm, it's another thing like colin Farrell, fantastic actor highly underrated and that's that's a true statement again fantastic actor underrated um but he just he, he gets so lost in this show and i'm sitting there going i know it's colin ferrell but i don't believe it you know I, I i even watched a behind the scenes video right and there was a i think matt reeves put the video out of um of Colin Farrell in the makeup chair, of him coming into the makeup room as Colin Farrell and then putting the prosthetics on and changing it and putting a fat suit on and he changes into the Penguin. And I've watched that video. And even so, after the end of it, I'm like, yeah, that's like Colin Farrell. So it's, it's his performance and the makeup, win-win, by none, perfect. He disappears into the role. I've never seen that before in cinema. And I don't think I ever will again. It's just the performance and the visual aesthetics and physical aesthetics really works perfectly just mm, chef's kiss perfect and that's what makes me come down to this movie is just everything about it yes it's three hours long yes i had to watch it in in breaks because i couldn't sit for three hours and watch it but that doesn't matter i still enjoyed myself this this is cinema yes it's a yes it's a comic book movie yes it's it's a superhero movie but it's art you know, and there were moments where I was creeped out. There were moments where I I felt uncomfortable. There were moments where I felt genuinely somewhat fearful. You know, for the villains. You know, I was generally like, "Whoa, I'm 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 cringing because you know the Batman's not holding back. Robert Patterson, he's not holding back. He's literally every single scene when he's fighting, he's going for it completely, and I'm getting a bit comfortable Like, whoa, you know, maybe you should pull your punch back a bit. You you know gonna cause a bit too much damage there, Bruce. You know what I mean? Like this movie's making me feel sorry for the villains, you know what I mean? And that just says a lot where it's like I'm I'm toes so many different emotional levels where I don't know what to feel. You know, because I'm I'm feeling sort of scared but then I'm feeling overjoyed. Then I'm feeling sort of like, you know, I'm sitting there going, no, not this person. No, not that person. Oh my god, that's Paul Dano. You know that can't be Colin Farrell. Oh wow. You know, and then there's a scene after scene after scene where it's just oh Oh gorgeous. This this film is 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 just wonderful. Really, really is. And it makes sense to me why they want to do a penguin spin-off. I don't know if you've heard about this. I think they're still doing it, but the, the plans are that they're going to do a sort of spin-off, sort of sequel um TV show based off Colin Farrell's Penguin, and that whatever the events that happened hap or should I say happened because it hasn't happened yet. That will happen in that show um, will um, lead into whatever Batman Two is going to be. Um, I think Matt Reeves said that recently that like whatever they decide to do with the Penguin TV show, um, the events and the end of that will then lead into kind of how sort of Batman Two will play out. Um, I don't know where this will fit, the next movie will go. I don't know what they're going to do for the Penguin series, but I tell you now, I'm excited. I really, really am, um, and I hope. I really hope that they keep this Batman and this universe out of the new DC. Um like I've said it for a long time. Like I love Marvel. I really do. I love the MCU. Um and I even love Mar- I even love DC. You know, I prefer the comics to the to the movies, but I'll watch the films. Um But even so, like, I love what they're doing, but I feel like when you decide to do a sort of universe the problem is every film after that, after the next, has to kind of conform to what you, what plots and what stories beats you've already sort of laid out. You know what I mean? So you can't bring in new directors and just say, go wild. You have to bring in a director and go, you can go wild, but just make sure it follows this path. And make sure this character stays alive because we've got this character. We're planning on doing another 10 movies with this character. Or make sure that this character you know, um, has this sort of sort of end re- resolution so that we can do this story or, you know, we oh you can't do that because in this movie we said this sort of technology doesn't exist. Or, you know, I'm just making up things on the on the spot. But that's the kind of problem is when you have sort of conjoined universes, the less freedom you have when you want to do certain stories because you're kind of constrained to the actual timeline sort of universe you're creating. Whereas in the comic books, the way they they dealt with that, where they did Elseworld stories, you know, you, like for example, you couldn't do in the modern D- uh, MCU, or you couldn't even do in the modern DCU, for example, um, sort of the uh, Batman's I can't remember what it's called, but the story where Superman basically instead of landing in America, um, he lands in in Moscow, in in Russia, you know, during the Soviet era, and he becomes a completely different character. You couldn't do that in the modern or uh, sort of DC sort of films because. It just wouldn't work. It would confuse people and, you know, it would still be a Superman movie, but it would be all Russian and it just wouldn't work. Um, because then you'd have to stick with a Russian Superman for the rest of the universe. And obviously, you know, they don't going to want to do that. They're going to want a sort of American sort of Superman. So um, these houseworld stories allow us to see alternate stories of our alternate sort of situations for the, for the comic book writers and the storytellers to go as big as Bombastic as they want because they know they haven't got nothing to worry about. They can kill off twenty 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 thousand, twenty different characters in the one series if they want to. It's gotten no it doesn't matter because you know it's got nothing to do with the overarching story they're gonna tell. You know, one of my favourite stories is old man Logan because in that story a lot of people die. You know, a lot of superheroes are already dead and a lot of the heroes and villains that are already alive, they die doesn't mean anything. You know, I know it doesn't mean anything. You know, when certain characters die because I know that it's that's not part of th- this world or it's not part of this sort of um storyline that I that I'm used to. You know what I mean? Um and that's kind of what I mean is the fact of I like these house world stories. These sort of these different sort of slices of life of like this is Batman but this is Batman you know, this is not Batman in the DCU. This is just Batman in Gotham. That's it. And it was the same with the Joker movie. This is a Joker movie. This is nothing to do with Batman. You know, a lot of people said, oh, well, you can't have Joker without the Batman. No, 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 y- you can. And it's been done many times in the comic books as proof. Um, and it's it's proven. Like, I think didn't, Bat- didn't the Joker make like a billion dollars? At the box office, you know, know, I'm sure that movie made a lot more money than people thought it would, and they're making a sequel now. Um, It's going to be a musical, you know what I mean? So, I love these sort of stories where they go away from sort of the overarching universe and just tell a story. That's all you have to do, you know. I would love to see uh, Superman Kingdom Come as its own story. Would we ever see it? I don't know, but I would like to see the Kingdom Come story with an older, more mature, sort of older sort of Superman who. You know, he's been doing the job for for decades now. He knows what he's doing. He's a veteran, you know. And to get that kingdom come story, I'd love that, you know. But if you were to do that in a universe, it would you would take multiple movies and multiple story threads. You'd have to sort of sew in into other films, and with other characters to really get to that point, because that is like a fanous level level sort of king of the conqueror sort of moment. And um, whereas if you just was like, we're just going to do a standalone kingdom come movie. It's got no ties to anything. Like you could bring in a brand new Superman. You could bring in a brand new cast. You know, um, it doesn't have to match with whatever Superman, you know, James Gunn decides to choose. You know, because a lot of people are saying now with, with this Batman movie with Robert Patterson, well, is Robert Patterson part of the new DCU? Obviously, we don't know yet. I really hope it's not. I really hope that uh, sort of um, James Gunn comes out and say, no, no, we're doing our own Batman. Because what that does, that leaves it free to be like, this is the DC... U E U or whatever they want to call it batman you know let's say for example it's jake gyllenhaal this is jake gyllenhaal this is the batman for the dcu but here's the robert patterson batman for the matt reeves universe you know two suits two, two two characters exactly the same but in a different universe and you know one's like an 18 for example and one's family friendly you know what i mean um that's you know and that works and i feel like I, that's what i'd rather see and i'd like to see them do that with with other characters you know i'd like to see a hardcore grizzled old superman you know kind of like you know a superman that yeah, kills i'd like to see that you know and they they tried to make a horror movie out of it which wasn't a superman movie but it was kind of like superman's sort or of story um i can't remember what it was called i think it was by sean, sean gunn's brother i think he wrote it and directed it but um the The point is, I'm trying to make is the fact of as an Elseworlds story, as as a Batman story told on its own or anything else, it works perfectly. And whatever they decide to do next, I'm up for. You know, as long as they keep it on its own, great. You know, they've already hinted that there's, there's other characters going to be appearing, which is fantastic. That means again, whatever they decide to do with the with like other characters, you know other Batman characters in the Rose Gallow, if they want the same, if they wanted their own Riddler, they could do it. They could have Neil Patrick Harris if they wanted to, because a lot of fans have been asking for Patrick Harris, Neil Patrick Harris, should I say, um, as the Riddler. So they could have that. They could bring him in as, as the Riddler to the and Hall Batman. You know, the options there, and I, I love that. I love the idea of having two slices of cake. I, I love both slices of cake, and I'll eat both of them, but I am like that they're separate. I got my chocolate cake over here and I got my strawberry cheesecake here. I love both of them, but I don't want them together because that's too much. That's sickly, you know, but on either sides of the table, I can eat in and out. Oh, I fancy a bit of cheesecake. Oh, I fancy a bit of chocolate cake over here. I can decide. I like having the choice. Whereas when, if it's all together, it's a mush, it's really sickly, oversaturated. And I'm like, well, I kind of liked it when it was on its own. You know what I mean? Like I don't, I'll eat it, but you know I'm going to be sick. You know it's too much, too rich, um, and that's the point I'm trying to get at here: is the fact that I just like what they're doing here. So whatever they decide to do with the Penguin show, I'm here for. Whatever they decide to do for the Batman Two, I'm here for. Whatever villains they decide to bring into it, like I'll like most likely it'll probably be some sort of Joker sort of Arkham sort of thing that they'll do. But I I would like to see a villain that we haven't seen really before. You know what I mean? I would like to see you know, we've seen Bane you know, what about you know <laughs> the Mad Hatter I think the Mad Hatter would work perfectly in the Matt Reeves universe because we've proven with the Riddler that we can go psychotic, that we can go serial killer, that we can go mental we can go crazy who better than the Mad Hatter you know, and taking Bruce on a sort of Alice in Wonderland sort of hippie sort of you know out of body experience trip you know get the back get robert patterson's you know high on off his head you know we've had the scarecrow you know let's get the mad hatter in you know the whole alice in wonderland sort of thing i think matt reeves would do a fantastic job with that you know um there's so many other characters in the rose gallery that we haven't seen betrayed you know i want to see a proper betrayal of them and i feel like in the in the world that matt reeves is building. You know, you could you could have the Joker in there, but I don't want him to be the main villain. I would like to be him to be a side villain. If you're going to do the Joker, do him in the third movie. You know, build build up to the Joker. You know, um, but for this one, for the next one, if they which which they are planning to do in the next one, my sort of I'll I'll put my coin, my hat, my nerd sort of reputation on on the line here and say that I would like to see. Um, a Mad Hatter, or somebody on the level of the Mad Hatter, somebody who's psychotic but also, um, you know, just realistic enough where it's like they could exist, but it's not too overly sort of you know crazy, but still kind of keep it comic booky. Um, there's another character in my head as well, but I forgot his name, and I'm really blanking on the name. Um, but to give you a description of it, it's an old man and he's got a puppet and the old man doesn't really talk the puppet does all the talking and the puppet the puppet's like a little mob boss you know he's got a little suit and everything, thinking he's he has a little gun and it's great i can't remember what the character's called now um but that would be great as well you know an old guy with a with a ventriloquist dummy um and the the old guy doesn't talk but the dummy does all the talking you know and he's little he's in a little suit and he's dressed as a mob boss i love it you know what I mean? Like that would work as well. That'd be great. I'm blanking on the name. I'm sure any fan listening to me now is going to be like, the name is so and so. It's so and so. You're shouting at me. I know. I I do apologize. Um, but where, like again, whatever they decide to do, I'm all here for. I love this movie. It it's so simply gorgeous. And this is the second time that a Batman <laughs> that a Batman sort of F sort of film um, has really made me uncomfortable. The Joker, like that movie. I love it. I got it on DVD. I've only watched it once because once was enough. I loved it, but it made me uncomfortable so much. In so many different ways and so many and I haven't got the time to explain it all. But this movie made me uncomfortable as well. Not as as uncomfortable as the Joker, but this made me there were moments where I was like, Yeah, this movie's creepy. This movie's great. I love it. Um Unlike The Joker, though, I'll happily watch this again. The Joker, I feel like one is enough for me. But I've got it on DVD just in case I changed my mind. Maybe I'll watch it once a year. I'll put it on. Oh, I love it. It's great. Or when they get around to uh, releasing the, the second film, before the second film comes out, I'll i re-watch The Joker again and sort of give my views on it. Um, but yeah, overall, fantastic movie. Outstanding. Masterpiece. Uh, Robert Patterson is no longer. Twilight, boy! He is now the Batman, and he will always be the Batman in my mind. Um, Colin Firth disappears. Paul Dano, incredible, amazing sort of casting for him as the Riddler. he's amazing as a villain in general. Um, and overall, this movie is just masterful. Yes, it's three hours, but it's three hours of Batman porn. It's three hours of superhero goodness. You know, dark justice. I am the night. I'm Batman. You know, I love it. I love it, love it, love it, love it, love it, love it. And you better believe that. You know, I was sitting there going, "I'm Justice. I'm Batman. Where is she? Where is she? (laughs) Why did you say that name? (laughs) That was a different Batman. Um, Where's the girl? uh, That that's that that's my Christian Bale Batman. Uh, I practice it a lot, as you can tell. Where is she? I am the knight. I'm not the man that Gotham needs. I'm the man that Gotham. Or is it, is it, is it, I'm not the man that Gotham deserves? Or so I assume it was like that. It's been a while since I've seen The Dark Knight, to be honest. Um, but, uh, I love it. Where's Harvey? Where is she? Rachel? Uh, why? <laughs> Sorry, I'm I've probably blown out some of these speakers now. But yeah, you know, I'm going to end it now. But overall, before I do, before I get to an ending, before I stop being really nerdy and goofy, um, my final rating for this film is a ten out of ten. It's perfect, um, in my eyes. It's masterful. It's it's masterclass. It's it's just every, it's it's artistic. You know, it's cinemat it's cinemat. I'm sorry, I was going to be cinematographic, but that's not a word. Um, it's cinematic. Everything about it is just chef's kiss. You know, um. So overall, ten out of ten. Watch it, recommend it. If you're a Batman fan, you'll love it. Even if you're not a Batman fan, it's just three hours of action goodness. You know, it's creepy. It's actionful. You know, there's romance a little bit. There's a little bit of everything in this film. It's dark, it's depressing, but it's, you know, there are moments of joy and there's moments of like um, revitalization for the character. There's there's something in it for everybody. So you'll love it. You'll probably get a bit uncomfortable, but it's fantastic. So um, I'm going to end it here. And then we're gonna go straight to the ending and wrap things up nicely. Um, But that's the end of uh, my thoughts and feelings of the of the Matt Reeves the Batman with Twilight Boy, who's now vengeance. So yeah, beans. That is it. That is my Batman review. As you could tell, I really really enjoyed the movie. Absolute masterpiece. Robert Patterson is now Justice. Um, he is no longer Twilight Boy. I don't know why. Whenever I do that, my hands come up in like jazz hands and I have to like twinkle them like Twilight Boy. I don't know why. <laughs> um, but yeah, he is now Justice. He is now Batman to me, and always will be. Um, have you seen the new Batman movie? Well, you know, or you haven't? Or if I'm being completely honest, most people have mostly likely seen this by now. I am more than likely the last person to get around to watching this movie Um, because it was a big deal last year like i remember when this film came out and everybody was talking about how good it was um so there's potentiality whoever's listened to who's ever got this far in the review um has watched this film so far so I'm probably just the last one. But if you haven't watched it, you know, um, let me know your thoughts and feelings. You know, I'd happily hear. I want to hear everybody's views. You know, do you agree with what I say? You disagree? Uh, do you feel like, you know, this movie's not a masterpiece? Do you agree with me that it's a masterpiece? You know, all that sort of jazz. Um, let me know on Twitter, on my handle, The Nerd Stagic Podcast. Um, you can also find this podcast on Spotify, Anchor, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music Podcasts. You can find me on um, Audible. You can find me on YouTube. And if you're listening to YouTube, don't forget to like, subscribe and all that jazz. Really, really helps me out. I'm hoping for season two to reach. Um, well, season two, year two. I'm hoping to reach maybe if I'm lucky 100. I'm currently at 57 subs. So if we can reach 100 by the end of the year, that'd be fantastic. Um, so, yeah, fingers crossed. You beans are going to help me get there. Um, and yeah, also, if you're listening to this on Spotify, don't forget to give me a rating, a star rating from one to five stars. If you go to my uh, profile, there's a little box of stars and you can click on that and it will give you the option of one star to five stars. Five stars, again, being the best thing you've heard in your life. You love my voice that much. You really just want to go out and take me out on a date and treat me to all the luxury um, amenity, uh, amenities, amenities, amenities. Um, That you can afford because my voice is just silky smooth. Um, And one star being shut up, monkey boy. My ears are bleeding. Vogon's doing poetry. You know what I mean? That sort of thing. So whatever you feel like is fair, one to five stars. It really does help. I think currently I'm at 17 reviews all five star i'm going to jinx it now i'm going to give somebody's going to give me a four um but so far pretty well um but i you know i appreciate it whoever whoever does it you know all those 17 a lot of you who have that have done it it i really do appreciate it. it really does help immensely you don't understand um but yeah so that that's everything really that's all i have to say um i hope you all enjoyed the review hope you all liked it season two um hopefully um is going off great. hopefully people are enjoying it. Um I'm obviously I'm recording a lot of my season two episodes before I even actually launch season two. So as I recording this, I don't know if season two has gone well or not. I hope so. Um my first review I know I'm going to be posting is Callisto Protocol and I can say that because well, I've already planned that that'll be the first thing that I'm going to be posting. Um so Fingers crossed uh, that's well-recepted. I know it's a bit late, um, but it's still somewhat relevant, somewhat recent, unlike this Batman review, which is like a year late. But I finally got round to it. Um, I've, there's, I've, I've, I, there's other things I've got to get around to. I've got the new the, um, uh, Fantastic Beast movie to watch and review, so that'd be, that should be a fun one whenever I get around to that one. Um, but, yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun in Season 2. So stay around, stay tuned, and just hopefully enjoy it. So... As per usual, I am Luke, your host, and thank you very, very much for listening to the Nerd Starget podcast. It has been an absolute pleasure, as always. Um, I love you all, my precious beans, and I will see you, beans, in the next one. All right, beans, bye-bye. How many times have I to say beans? I said it a lot there. All right, I'm really going now. Bye-bye, beans.